I recently switched out my winter wardrobe with my summer clothes. Do you do this too? Each time I have the opportunity to take stock of what I have, what I use, what I need to donate, and what gaps I'd like to fill. One of the funnest ways I've loved to fill those gaps is through Armoire, a clothing rental membership that can help you build the perfect summer wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your online closet. The styles show up to your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles that help fill those wardrobe gaps without the major investment or commitment. For my first case from Armoire, I chose mostly summer dresses from Bowdoin, a brand I can't typically afford, and the chicest double-breasted black blazer from Paige that has honestly surprised me in its versatility. I have loved having more options in my summer wardrobe without the pressure of keeping them forever, and I've already been building out my online closet with Armoire, so I know what I want for my next case. For you expecting mamas, those working or style obsessed who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman-owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You are listening to About Progress. This is episode 331 how to be a lazy genius and amplify what matters with Kendra Adachi. You know, Monica, I am not a perfectionist. I am way too lazy to be one. This is something that I have heard from women for years. And every single time they had said something to the effect of, I am too lazy to be a perfectionist. When we break down why they are quote unquote lazy, it all comes back to them looking at life in all or nothing ways and their long history of trying to do all the things with repeated swings back to nothing, and that slow undoing of identity, one where they begin to see themselves more as a non-starter, a procrastinator, a non-finisher, and more, until they fully adopt the identity of being lazy. But in reality, these women who say this to me are absolutely 100% perfectionists. And when they realize that, I wish you could see the visible relief flood the women's faces. The shame they've aligned themselves with for years melts away in just one moment, and they can see that they've given themselves way too much credit for too long, the bad kind of credit. So what's next? What do they do once they realize, oh, I'm a perfectionist. I'm not lazy. I'm a perfectionist. The fear of failure, of underachieving, of not doing well enough is what is keeping me from trying. It's what is making me realize those things and become those things. Well, what's next is terrifying for all kinds of perfectionists, whether you're the under or overachieving kind, because what's next is a bold departure from black and white and stepping into the messy middle. With habits, which is our theme for this month, it is especially hard to get outside the all or nothing mindset and parameters we see all around us. It's easier to fall for doing all the intricate multi-stepped habits all the time or none at all. Have you ever connected with someone in a way that it almost felt creepy how much your life experiences, your learnings, and your uncoverings mirrored each other? Well, that's what Kendra Adachi is for me. Kendra is a podcaster, writer, and leader of all things Lazy Genius. Members of the Strive Hive introduced me to her podcast, The Lazy Genius, and I followed her immediately, and I've also read her book, The Lazy Genius Way. 
And as I did that, I began to see what we do here in the Bout Progress in another community with beautiful twists and unique perspectives alongside a wonderful dose of practicality. Kendra herself is a recovering perfectionist, one who knows the pendulum swing from all or nothing all too well, habits included. Today, she is going to teach you to take back the word lazy and how leaning into selective laziness is part of the path to become a genius in the things that actually matter the most. And yes, this applies to learning how to maximize our habits that matter too. Does everything matter to you right now? Kendra will help you specifically in this episode figure out what is individual and valuable to you. Getting away from the all or nothing, the black and white, is terrifying. But take heart and be ready to take that leap with us because there is another way. It's the lazy genius way. Welcome to About Progress. I am your host, Monica Packer, and I don't want you to just listen to this show. I want it to change you. This community of progressors empowers women to take on radical growth via sustainable changes. Are you motivated and ready to grow in your identity, purpose, and productivity? You can when you remember that life is about progress, not perfection. One of the biggest reasons this interview felt not only fun, but totally magical to me was how in alignment Kendra and I's viewpoints are on identity. Perfectionists get lost because we lose our identity. We misplace it on others, on validation, on successes, and even failures, on our performance or our lack of the performance. And all along the way, we somehow lose our ability to choose for ourselves what we want and who we are. If this is you, and as you listen to this episode, you are seeking for a real path to uncover both who you are and what matters to you, join Finding Me my new foundational course for this About Progress community. I will help you learn how to sort through all the shoulds and the shames that have been driving your life for so long to instead learn to belong to yourself again and choose to cultivate a life of purpose and beauty individualized to you. You can sign up by going to aboutprogress.com forward slash finding me. And again, that's aboutprogress.com forward slash finding me. Kendra Adachi, I'm so excited that you made the time to be on the show. Thank you for being here. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm trying to do that thing where you say I'm excited instead of I'm freaking out <laughs> because you are someone I admire so much. I admire the work that you do. Your book was incredible. I know you're having another one come out soon. We'll talk about that, but you are here because my community led me to you because they recognize themselves in you and the way that you teach about how we can grow in our lives. But let's just start with the premise here that a lot of my community are recovering perfectionists, but they don't even think they are because they don't think they qualify as a perfectionist because they just say, oh, I'm lazy, or I'm a non-starter, or I'm a procrastinator, or I don't finish. And mm, we have a lot of perspective on this, thanks to you. So let's just start with first talking about why it's okay to be quote unquote lazy and how you discovered this yourself. Yeah. Well, I'm so, that's, those are such kind words. Thank you. I, what I like to do is remind people of what the whole point of being a lazy genius is. It's to be a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. And, you know, so often we think that everything should matter. Mm -hmm. And then when everything cannot matter, we're like, screw it. I'm not going to do anything. (laughs) Like it just becomes this all or nothing thing. And I know that when I was growing up, like I thought, well, we'll just get real personal real fast. Do it. Yeah. I grew up in an abusive home. And, and so there, there was a lot of pressure on me. So like that I put on myself assumptions that I made lies that I believed where it was like, okay, if I don't mess up, if I am the perfect daughter, if I get amazing grades, if I never disappoint my parents in any possible way, maybe everything will be okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll stay together. Maybe yeah. my dad won't be, you know, all these things. It was just too much for a little nine-year-old brain to handle. Yeah. But when you grow up thinking 
that poor, very uh, poorly thinking that what I do impacts everyone else's life situation, Mm -hmm. everyone else's assessment of me and my actual value in the world. That's like a, that's a lot to come out from under. And I think too, like, I don't know if you have this experience, but people who tend to be quote unquote perfectionists and therefore are pretty good at some things, right? Like you you show up well, you, you, you're, you're the valedictorian, you Mm -hmm. are the most dependable babysitter ever, like all these different things. Like when you're growing up, that behavior is rewarded. Like being a perfectionist is rewarded Mm -hmm. (laughs) like culturally and by the adults in our lives. And our friends are like, you're so, you're so perfect and all that. And, and so you think that if you fail, they're not going to see you that way anymore. They're not going to see you with favor anymore. And so it's just, this is a lot, (laughs) it's just (laughs) a lot to carry that kind of pressure. And Mm -hmm. so when you become an adult, like I think my biggest moves away from realizing not just that perfectionist was perfectionism was not sustainable, but more like, Mm -hmm. Oh wait, this is like keeping me from being the person I actually am, which neither of those are great was when I had kids and, um, yes. you don't have to have kids in order to have like a come apart about your perfectionism, but it happens really fast when you have kids. Mm. And, and so when I had kids, I just remember being like, this is not a life that I, this is not the person I want to be. This is not a life I want to live. This is not a way that I want to model to my children either. And so I just slowly started to be like, okay, how can I move away from this way of being? And my first move was, was, well, we're not going to try it anything. It was like yep. ho- hardcore lazy. We're going to be so yes. lazy about all the things. And then I was so sad because my house was dirty and I didn't feel <laughs> like a person. And there are certain, th- I love order, like genuinely yeah. I love order. And I didn't know where that fit in being lazy. It was so frustrating. And so that's <laughs> kind of where this whole mindset and way of being of a lazy genius began and, and sort of evolved over those years of like, Oh wait, I can care about things. I just need to care about the things that matter. And to you, which is really hard for perfectionists, whatever pendulum swing they're on, whether they're the lazy kind or the genius kind in our community, we call this the underachieving or the overachieving kind, you know, what other side they're on, the identity is misplaced. It's to the exterior. And like you said, you know, perfectionism, well, I'm going to say this in different words, but perfectionism can take you far, but only so far. And that's when you get caught in that cycle of going, you know, bouncing back and forth between either side and you're not fulfilled. You don't have a center of identity. And so let's, before we kind of dig into some other things, I'd like to know, how did you figure out for you what matters then? Because that I think is a trap that we get caught in when we have been so outward focused regardless of which side we're on. Absolutely. This is the question that I get asked probably more than anything Mm -hmm. other than when are you going to do an episode about moving? Oh yeah. That would be a really good one (laughs) for sure. We're working on it. It's coming. But no, I get asked all the time. How do I know what matters? Like, how can I figure that out for myself? And I do think that there is perhaps a slight advantage in how I am personally wired, which is that I into it. I feel it in my body when something is right. Not everybody experiences that, but I do think we all have ways that we feel like affirmed and confirmed in what makes us feel like ourselves. And so for me, there's this energy that like goes up my spine when I'm like, Oh, I'm being myself right now. Like this is giving me life. This is giving me such tremendous energy, even though it might make me tired or whatever. It doesn't feel like I am chasing a moving, invisible, arbitrary finish line. It feels like, oh no, this, this actually is making me more of who I already am. I'm not trying to become this other person that everyone thinks I'm supposed to be, or that I think I'm supposed to be in order for everybody to like me. It's more I feel like this is who I am and I'm just becoming more of her. And so I had just tried to pay attention to that feeling over the years of like, when do I feel that way? I feel that way when I cook for people, Mm -hmm. feel that way when I have people in my home, I feel that way when I listen to music and when I share music with other people, I feel that way when I read, like when I'm in a story, Mm -hmm. I just feel like myself when I'm in someone's story. 
whether it's like reading a book or even just listening to someone else share their story, like a friend, like I just come alive when I'm in a story. And so I've just been paying attention to those things. I don't come alive when my hands are digging in the dirt. One of my (laughs) best friends, she sent me a text yesterday and she was like, I'm sorry. I didn't get back to you. I've been digging in the dirt all day and I'm so happy. And she literally sent me a picture of her dirt under her fingernails. And I was like, I love you so much. I'm so glad that matters to you. And to me, I'm like, Oh my word. That's like the worst. Like, I don't want to do that at all. But that's the thing is that we all, we need permission to choose what matters to us and to notice what makes us feel like ourselves and to do that more, to support that more with our choices and not make someone else feel bad for their choices. Like actually just today, I was reading some comments on a a post that I did about making a to-do list and someone had very understandably had said something like, oh, this makes me feel so much better than all of the journaling snobs. And it was like, oh, no, 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 no. Those people aren't snobs. They care about journaling or they care about making their pages beautiful. Like that matters to them. So they can be a genius about that. It doesn't have to matter to you. We don't have to put other people's choices down to make ours seem better or feel better. So it's just this like, that's why it's the lazy genius collective. It is this collective. It's this group of people who are accepting of each other's choices, even if they're different from our own. Mm-hmm. Because it removes the fear of not being enough when you just accept it's okay for them to do something that way. That matters to them. This is what matters to me. It gives you ownership yeah. of living your life and the choices you've had without having to compare or have it be aligned with someone else. And, you know, you, you talked about how part of the problem with perfectionism is that everything has to matter. And the truth is, is that something has to give and you can do perfectionism for so long, like everything can matter for so long, but it's impossible to sustain. That's something we actually do talk about a lot in this community. So why is it okay then to be lazy? Cause you have to be, how can they change their mindset to, to being able to own? It's okay for me to not care about this thing. Cause it doesn't matter to me. In some ways it could be for some people that lazy, the word itself is kind of like a complicated word Sure, that it has connotations of you don't care that there's no effort, that it's a dismissive negative sort of energy. And so you don't have to use that word. You know, if you feel like, I don't want to be lazy about this. I mean, I love the word. I love being lazy about certain things. It gives me great permission. I think it's okay. But I also understand that there is a lot of, there's a lot of baggage around certain words. And so really the idea of selective laziness, as you said, before we hit record, which I was like, I wrote that down. That is so good is of selective laziness is the idea of really just prioritizing, right? You just said it, not everything can matter. Now you could say to yourself, but this really, I mean, but this does matter. It does. It does. But does it matter as much as the other thing? Okay. So it's just more about like, almost like a hierarchy of what matters. Give your best energy to what matters most. If you still have energy left over to kind of take, take care of the things, you know, that kind of triple trickle down at the bottom of that pyramid or whatever, do that. Like you don't have to just throw the baby out with the bathwater. We're so extreme with that. We think that if we're lazy about something that we never put it, we never give it any attention or whatever. That's just not the case. It's just about prioritizing. It's about saying what matters most here. I want to give my energy to what matters most. And then it, if maybe that reframe can go like, Oh, right. I'm just not giving my best energy to this thing. That doesn't matter as much. I love that. I love that way of thinking about just putting it on different levels. I get still pulled into that all or nothing way of thinking. Cause I'm like, Oh, if I'm about body positivity and I just had an expert on, on that, I'm like, does that mean, should I not wear makeup? Like I just kind of go to those extremes there. So it helps to think, no, it's just more about prioritizing what is worth more energy and more effort. And that's where you talk about being a genius. So what does being a genius look like? How does that translate practically to a life in the day-to-day? As you name what matters most to you, you're giving yourself permission to tend to that in what ways you need to. And that could mean in terms of time and money, you know, like if you really want to be a genius about having, I don't know, like cooking with organic food or something, you can't do that cheaply, you know, and like you have to prep a lot of things or 
or you're going to have to pay someone else to do it for you. And so it's like, but if that's, if that matters a lot, if that matters most, then you have to, you have to be a genius about it in some way. Another side of that though, when you were just talking about, I feel that all or nothing with the, the body positivity stuff all the time. Like I, I love to walk. It is so good for my soul to be outside and listen to music. And I live by a lake. And so I just walk around the lake. I could cry thinking about it. It's like my most, like one of the deepest ways that I can feel like myself, that I can come back to who I am. So me too. Yeah. But because of like all the garbage around moving your body and exercising and stuff, I'm like, wait, am I allowed to walk? Because Oh my word. Like, I, I don't think I'm allowed to do that anymore, but really no, what matters about the walk is not like burning calories or whatever. It's about what it does on my inside. It's yeah. about my soul. And so when I release that, that's me being a genius. That's me doing the work of naming the lie, talking to my counselor and uh, becoming educated about what's really going on in my own brain and in cultural messages that I'm getting and saying, no, this matters to me, feeling like myself matters to me. And putting in my earbuds and taking a 20 minute walk around the lake by my house is one of the quickest, most efficient, genius ways that I can come back to myself. If I, if it's at the end of the day, end of the day being like four 30 or five o'clock. And you know, it's like, I've been momming. I have three kids. Mm-hmm. I have a job. I'm making a meal and I will call my husband when I know he's leaving for work and I'm like, Hey, listen, when you walk in the door, I am walking out of the door yes. <laughs> because Kendra <laughs> got to walk and I'll be yeah. gone 20 minutes and I'm a different person when I come back. And so it's, it sometimes isn't even about what you choose to do. Being a genius can be, be about how you choose to think about what you're doing. So it really is across the board. And that's why, that's why I love this concept so much. That's why I love the book that I wrote that has principles. It's like principles is so different than like here are rules to follow. It's like, mm-hmm. no, no, no rules change based on what matters. Like they change on how many children you have, if you're working or not, if you're in a pandemic or not, like yeah. you can't live your life by rules. You can't, you can live your life by principles. And so I think that that is the, if you can't tell, it makes me really excited to think like, oh, we can live in this fullness and this wholeheartedness of like what really, really matters to us. And, but the way that we are a genius about that, even that can be different. Even that is versatile and personalized and all of that. And I just am so grateful that that's the case. Yeah. And I mean, especially right now, we're seeing that even what matters to us has to still look different during a pandemic and outside a pandemic. And that's okay. Like you have that built in flexibility, which is very opposite of what it's like when you are only doing the all or nothing extremes there. So I know that I have listeners who are loving this so much, but they're so out of practice in both knowing who they are first and also cultivating those moments of recognition. Like this is me and this is what matters. And I was wondering if you could give us some suggestions on where can they start if they're at ground zero here? How can they start becoming this lazy genius? One of the 13 lazy genius principles is to start small. And I think that's actually the best way to begin right now is Mm -hmm. if, if we are, when we are at ground zero, our tendency as perfectionist, either overachieving or underachieving is to build the grandest system or machine to support it. And to be like, Oh, I, I do not. I do not exist at ground zero. Like there, like there is a, there is something in me that says, if you cannot do this amazingly and completely at, in the beginning, don't even do it. Like, what's the point? Give up. That's so silly. That's so silly. So, but it's also understandable. And so that's why one of the principles is to start small. So even with this, even with what I'm about to share, I would say like to not do all of them, just start small with one thing today mm-hmm. and then try one more tomorrow or whatever, like to not build this massive machine that you have to maintain and it's going to break. And then you're going to give up again. So start small. A- another principle that offers so many like tiny little things to sort of get you started about what matters is the magic question. That's another principle. The magic question is what can I do now to make life easier later? And you can substitute any word for the word life. So if you are thinking about something that matters to you or something that doesn't, that you still kind of have to do because we're like responsible grownups, I don't like paying my bills. I don't like having to sit down and like do numbers and stuff. But if I don't, (laughs) 
we're yep. in trouble. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like you have to name what matters most. What matters most is like being fiscally responsible and taking care of my family as opposed to like my dislike of this thing. And so if you can say, I can say to myself, what can I do now to make paying bills easier later? I'm just going to put them all in one place. And I'm going to know that the due day always is the sixth of the month. That's like the first one for all of them. And so I'm just going to pay them all at one time. I'm going to batch it. That's another principle. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to pay the bills for me because I don't want to be in bill paying mode every time a bill comes in because it makes me so sad. Yes. So I want to do it all at once. So I'm going to batch it and do it all at once, but I'm going to make it that easier. I'm going to magic question that process by putting everything in the same place together. And then by also knowing in my head, the date, it's like the first week of the month, you got to pay bills always. You got to pay bills. So the magic question is like, it's magic because you can literally magic question anything. You can make anything easier later. You can make a relationship easier later. What can I do now to make that, uh, holiday gathering to make that mother's day. We'll say that's Mm -hmm. the next like kind of holiday coming. If you have a tricky uh, relationship with your mom, let's say, what can I do now to make kind of the awkwardness of mother's day easier later? Call your mom a couple more times than you normally would rather Mm -hmm. than having this like arbitrary, like it's mother's day. We should hang out. And you haven't talked to her because maybe it's hard. Maybe you write her a note or send her a text instead of calling. If that's a little bit easier rather than entering into difficulties in the relationship that you don't have the margin for right now or whatever it is, like you can literally, you can measure a question on anything. It's the best. So that's, that's one thing that opens up a lot of doors. Another principle that I think is a very start small kind of principle is to decide once that's the first principle in the book. Mm -hmm. And it is what it sounds like. You decide one time a decision that you make often. So a common one that a lot of people share on Instagram, they're like, I'm deciding once is what I call a Monday uniform. Yeah. So you wear the same thing every Monday because uh-huh. Mondays can be hard. And so it's like, I'm just, you know what? I want to feel good about my Monday. I want to feel like myself. That could mean like black pants and a bold lip. That could mean we are wearing pajamas that look socially acceptable. Like it doesn't really <laughs> matter what that, what the answer is. Yeah. But releasing that, that need to make a decision often and over and over again, and just making it one time can be super helpful. So I love really every single principle, every, the whole, the whole thing about being a genius, you can't be a genius about what matters if you don't know what matters Mm -hmm. and you can't be lazy about what doesn't, if you don't know what you're going to let go. So it really does start with what matters to you. You do not have to have a complete list immediately after this mm-hmm. episode, yes. like just start to pay attention to how you're feeling when you do certain things, what you long for, what you're missing, what makes you come alive when you're having conversations, even like when you're, when you're cooking, like, do you feel better cooking when music's playing or when it's quiet or when you've got people in there with you, like just start to pay attention to what matters. And then you can slowly and in very small ways, start to make choices that make that thing happen more often. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I feel like you almost are creating your own handbook of what matters because when I started this about progress, I originally was going to call it mediocre Monica because I was realizing I had to find a middle ground. I had to find a middle ground between only doing the all or only doing the nothing. And I also had to find myself in it. And I started this whole discovery process that we call, you know, do something, you just do something, not all, not nothing. And it changed my life, but it wasn't overnight. And I didn't have a handbook right away. It was more about what you're talking about. Just paying attention to those signals, to those feelings, to the recognition of here I am, like, that's me. And this matters to me. What did that look like for you? as you were figuring that out and maybe what has it looked like for people in your community as they're in that beginning phase of just trying to start to recognize the seeds and starting to plant them and kind of seeing what that process looks like. 
I wish I could remember the quote. There's a quote about like your, your life is made up of what you do every day or something. It's oh, much better I'm than sure that. It's like, yeah. I don't remember what it is. <laughs> I've got I'm not the only one who can't be like, ding, it's here. Yeah, it is. no, I cannot pull that. I'm lazy yeah. about that, about quotes. Yeah. I don't know. But the idea really we have in our head that it's like, we have to create our life almost like we're building a robot hmm. or like designing a house or something that is like start to finish A to Z and then you're done. And then you live. Mm-hmm. That's not how it goes. That's just not what life is. And we are not I, robots. That should be on your neck shirt. We are it not was robots. Going, I actually wanted that to be the be awesome. tagline. Yeah. yeah. I was like, cause perfect isn't perfect. Isn't for robots or yeah. perfect is only for robots or something. Yes. Like that. Yeah. Um, because, but that's what we do. That's what we tend to do is think we have to know everything that we're going to do. We have to have five-year plans and 10-year plans. We have to make all these choices now for later, but not in a magic question way. It's almost like, oh, no, no, no. We have to, we have to secure what we know to be true or what we think should be true right now. And then we get really grippy and yep. grit our teeth and we're not a person anymore. We put up walls and we don't let people in and all these things. And so the thing that I have noticed, which is not a sexy answer, but the thing that I have noticed change in my life as I start small, as I just pay attention and go slower and slower is I just feel good at the end of the day. I mean, that's really what it is, yeah. is not every day. I mean, I'm still tired. It's not like days aren't hard. Circumstances are hard, but when something really difficult happens, which this year, I feel like side note, I feel like this is true of so many people. I mean, obviously the pandemic has been incredibly difficult. There's so many things that have happened in America that we're just kind of at a reckoning. And mm-hmm. also on top of that, it feels like so many, like everyone in my life is suffering through something incredibly difficult. Like everyone in my real life is hurting deeply. Like one of my friend's husbands died mm. a year into the pandemic. It's like, he's oh. grief. It's like deep grief all around us. And so I'm not saying that that's not going to happen, yeah. but in some ways, what we do with our perfectionistic ways and building it big and trying to turn ourselves into robots is like that, that stuff isn't going to happen or it's not going to knock us down. Or I don't know that we're going to be ready for anything. And there's this like almost warrior mentality when really it's like, we just want to be humans. We just want to be human beings who are living every day. I was going to say the best we can, mm-hmm. but even that language can get a little tricky around perfectionist. Yeah. Cause what's the definition of best, Sure, but we're just, we're just trying to do our best with what we have that day, right? We're just trying to be the most we can be of ourselves with the day that we're given and the circumstances that we're given. And so the more that I have let go of the big machine, the more in tune I am with that feeling every day. And so my, and then day after day, after day, after day, that's the life. That's the life I want to live. It's okay that I don't have a journal where I track how many glasses of water I'm drinking. Like that's not, that doesn't matter to me. I don't need to have graphs of how I'm doing as a human. Yeah. I feel it, but mm-hmm. I only feel it if I let go of the graphs. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yes, it so totally does. That's kind of how it's impacted my life personally. A lot of that is just being able to move, you know, what we've talked about a few times throughout this episode, moving from the external validation measures, metrics to the internal ones. And that can be pretty painful in the beginning. I think, especially when you are so out of practice, because sometimes who you find inside isn't so pretty. Yeah. You know, at first. Yeah. And you're, and I remember one of the conversations in my life. And this was, I don't know, probably eight years ago. I was with some girlfriends. We were out of town on a weekend together. I miss those so much that we were out of town (laughs) together. And I basically, one of them was like, I feel like, you know, all these things about me, you have shown up for me in my life when things are hard. I've shared all these vulnerable things with you, which I feel like people who are perfectionists and have it all together tend to be the wise friend in their relationships Mm -hmm. because they have everything together. Quote unquote, they do not spoiler. And she said, I feel like, you know, so much about me, but I don't, I don't really know you. Like Mm -hmm. I, I don't really know you. And I thought back to how many times friends had said that to me in the past, Mm -hmm. I don't really know you. Hmm. So we're sitting in that hotel room and I started to tell them my story 
And then I realized that my vulnerability, as I was sharing, it was just, there was a cracking started to happen. And going back to what you were saying earlier about how scary it is when you start to let go of this way, I remember sitting after I shared with them, basically the lie that I'd been believing my whole life, that I was responsible for the abuse in my family. Like mm-hmm. that's what I realized. I didn't know I believed. Wow. And when I started to say it out loud, it was like, just everything shattered. Yes. It wasn't even like an onion, like the layers of an onion. It was like, literally, I just f- literally fell apart. Yeah. And I remember sitting in the, on the floor of this hotel bathroom alone, crying and saying out loud, I don't know who I am anymore. Like everything was gone mm-hmm. and outside I, the black and white. Yes. It was mm-hmm. like, there was, I didn't have anything to hold on to. It was mm-hmm. just, it, it was an impossible feeling. And so I just want to like uh, go through this though. You should, <laughs> you should let go of this stuff because, but it is worth it because on the other side of that breaking is such a freedom that I didn't know was possible. And, and I just want to say that with like, counseling and people loving you and people do love you like to you who are listening that are like if but if I show them who I really am they're gonna leave hmm. that's my deepest fear you guys the number of times that I say that to people in my life I'm afraid if I mess up you're gonna leave and they just are like Kendra I'm not leaving I'm not gonna leave there is such a vulnerability in that but that's the deepest connection that we can have with people that's the thing that we long for the most as humans is to belong and be valued for who we truly are yeah And the very thing, the very thing that we all long for and the thing that we use our perfectionism for, which is to be accepted, is the very thing that's keeping us from being known. So the sooner that we go, all right, I'm not, I'm going to start small. You don't have to sit in a crying bathroom and break open. You don't have to do that. You can start small. But as we start doing that in small ways and we start to notice oh, wait, I just made a decision for myself here, not for this person, not for the shoulds in my head. I just made a decision based on what feels true to me. And they're still here. Like she's still here. I'm still Mm -hmm. here. Everything's okay. Nothing felt what's happening. You know, like (laughs) we're so afraid of what's going to happen. And, and I just want to like hold every single listener's face in my hands and just be like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be I feel like we have a big magic thing going on between us. Have you read Elizabeth Gilbert's book on that? Yeah. Even some of the language we use, the stories we told, the struggles we faced are just so eerily similar, but in such a beautiful way, because it helps me see just like what we're talking about. We're not alone in the struggle. We're not alone in the struggle and being known and, you know, not being able to be in the black and white, even how you view yourself or how you view life or politics or society. Like it's scary. I kind of liken it to when people first hear about intuitive eating and they're just like, oh, no, 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 no. I I can't do that. I can't do that. All I would do is eat chips all the time. I can't trust myself. Yes. It's too, it's scary. It's too scary. But just like with intuitive eating, I mean, just living in, you know, leaning into this way of being a human allowed to be a human and, you know, kind of what we talked about, you, you talked about there will be a breaking and a remaking in this process that as you are in the remaking you will find miracles happening inside of you and outside of you. You will find growth that is actually, in my mind, exponential compared to when you're doing it the all or nothing way. Anything else you want to add on what's on the other side of this then? Not that mm-hmm. we arrived because it's always going to be an ongoing process, but what's on the ongoing, you know, the other side of that breaking point? Yeah. I think that the biggest thing for me is relationships connection and relationships. I get asked a lot about friends, about making friends. I talk to my husband often about, I'm like, babe, like why my friends are amazing. Like these people in my life, like, I just feel it's like an embarrassment of riches, the Hmm. friends I have. And I'm not saying that in like a, like I'm trying to brag about my friends. I honestly think that's what's on the other side because there is a willingness in me to be, be vulnerable about my struggles about what I need, right. Mm-hmm. About my insecurities in that relationship, because I have different insecurities with all the people based on what the dynamic of that relationship is. Mm-hmm. But I'm also not afraid of the conflict because I know that on the other side of any sort of difficulty 
is deeper connection. And so I just feel like my ability to have relationships that matter, that make me feel like myself, that are safe, that are like daily, like all just the sort of like normal, ordinary things. Mm -hmm. But also I can call these people in a crisis. Like the friendships I have now are the friendships that I craved for the first 30 years of my life. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it has anything to do with me. I think it has everything to do with the fact that I am not hiding or trying or striving or projecting or projecting exactly to be valued based on what I can control. Mm -hmm. It's just about, I'm just going to be myself here. And it's a decision every single time, every single time, every, I mean, I feel it sometimes where like a friend will text me something and I feel the paths splitting in me of like, all right, you could do this thing. And you think that this is the thing that she's probably going to want to hear, but it's actually not true, not necessarily true information, but it's not all of you. You're not actually, you're hiding something back. You're keeping something Mm -hmm. back because you're afraid that if you let it all there, if you show it all that she's going to leave, don't do it afraid, like do the thing that is most you. And the more that I've done that, the deeper the relationships have gotten. And I think that's true of everyone who begins to make that move. I think you hit the nail on the head for me personally. I mean, what you just said there is what I have, you know, I have to get the same lessons taught to me over and over again for them to sink in. And this is a lot of what started my path to, you know, being mediocre (laughs) and being okay with myself. And it's also where I'm at again, where I'm like, remember Monica, it's about relationships. You're missing out on relationships. So uh, you're helping me with that. Oh, Kendra, I just want to keep talking to you, but (laughs) I know that you, you need to go and and do your day. So let's end this by hearing, what are you working on right now? Because I think a lot of people look at you and there's, it's still easy to just put you in this black and white thing. Like, well, Kendra, she just knows things and she just like does what matters and she does it perfectly. And it's so easy for her. No, I'm sure you're working on something. So what is that for you right now? I actually, I love it when people are like, you know, you probably, everything's fine. Now I'm like, no, it's super not like, that's the (laughs) thing is it's like every day is a choice. Every day is a choice to Mm. not believe the things that you used to believe. So it is a every day. I mean, that's what I'm working on is believing the truth about who I am and how I am in a room. I started with a new counselor. That's my newest thing is I went back to counseling and I started to see I wanted to see a woman. I've been seeing a man for years and it was more trauma therapy. And now I've gotten to a place where it's like, you know what? I need help just living every day. Like I need kind of these like smaller things that feel inconsequential. Like, oh, you don't need to go see a counselor for that. But what has actually happened? And I did not realize this until I just am now about to say it. So every morning I will get up before my family because, and I'll go sit in my morning chair. I've got it. My kids call it my morning (laughs) chair and I will go sit in my chair and I will like journal and I will read. That's when I like to read. And, but it's mostly about the journaling and it's just sort of like getting out these things in my head. Like, what am I struggling with? And it's almost always 99% of the time it is relationship stuff. It is, I think I might've said this wrong. I think this friend is feeling this way about me. I'm starting to spiral. I need to not spiral. It's like all of this ever since I started seeing this counselor and it's only been about a month, maybe six weeks. And it's not necessarily her. I mean, she's fantastic, but the work that we've been doing is what I was just saying about like, who are you when you're with friends? Are you holding back certain things because you're making assumptions? What does it look like to be truly yourself in these places? And I have started to notice that and practice it. When I first started noticing it, I cried so much because I was like, I adjust to everyone constantly. And I didn't even realize it. And it was so debilitating at first. It was like, Mm -hmm. wow, Kendra. But then again, it was the freedom on the other side where I was like, no, 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 you don't need to feel badly about that. Like we're going to have freedom from that. And then we're going to grow even closer with these people. I have not gotten up early before my family in like two weeks because I'm like, Oh no, sleep is so nice. <laughs> I'm not requ- I'm not um, yeah. craving that time or even needing to journal. I haven't journaled in weeks because since then, because so many of those things are being processed in the moment as opposed yeah. to being held so tightly and Jane. then having to be like dumped out at the beginning of the day. And so it's that it's like, 
here's the analogy I will share with you as we close, because I think analogies where pictures are so helpful for perfectionists. Yes. I realized that I am like, my personality is like a spice cabinet. Okay. Made up of like this complete collection of spices. And I realized that I hold back certain spices because I think, well, this friend doesn't like the cinnamon in me. This friend really likes the turmeric in me. So I'll give more here, you know, so that that friend will be happy with me. And my process now is no, 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 you don't. It's, it's spices. Let's just, this is what it is. This is who I am. You don't have to change the proportions of yourself in order to be acceptable to people. And so that spice cabinet analogy has been like such a godsend for me in the best way. Cause I'm like, Oh no, I'm holding back. I'm holding back. I'm not opening that whole drawer all the way. That cabinet is, is just cracked. It's not open. And it's been like so transformative, but it's daily. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's choosing to allow the knowledge to transform me every day. That's another thread that has really kind of poked itself out of, you know, out at me lately, just thinking agency, like it all comes down to choices yep. and, you know, having the resilience and the strength, the inner strength takes to be willing to stand in between the stimulus and response of that choice and, and do it in alignment with what's true. Yeah. It's true to you and to this moment and the season. And it takes courage. I had a, a client, Kendra, and we're going to end on this, but she said, it takes the greatest of courage to do the smallest of things. And there's no truer words than that. Totally. And today you've given us that courage to do that. You've given us the practical ways of doing it, which I absolutely adore about you because every time I listen to your podcast or I see something you're doing on your feed, as well as the principles that you laid out in your book, it is so doable, but it's also this heart behind it of giving us that courage that we need to be willing to make the choices that we need to make. So I thank you for that. And before we go, I'm just going to tell everyone, you know, obviously listen to the lazy genius podcast, go and follow Kendra on Instagram, but you have a a book coming out soon. Is there anything you can tell us about that? Oh, it is. What can I tell you about that? You might not be able to. So it's about, it's about the kitchen. Oh yeah. So it's not a cookbook, but it is a, it's like a tool. It's like a toolkit for your kitchen. It's time to lazy genius our kitchens a little bit because we all think we're all like looking for we're looking for like a magical recipe that's going to make everything easier in the kitchen. It's like, no, no friends. No, that's not, you were looking in the wrong place. And so that's one of my, like I said, in the beginning, that's one of my passions is feeding people and gathering and, but it's, but we need a way to like have what we need and use what we have and actually like being in our kitchen again. And so that's coming out in March of 2022. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's another, it's another year. It's, it's been, I'm leaving actually tomorrow to finish the edits for it. So exciting we're in the process. It's very exciting. Yeah. I'm sure it's also hard. It is. <laughs> I'm sure it's, it's really difficult. So I, I send you some, some good vibes and courage as you're going to go into thank that. You. But I, again, I appreciate that. Thank you for, for being here, for being so generous with what you know and your experiences and what you've gone through and what you faced. This has just been a really rewarding interview for me. So thank you. Same for me. Thank you for having me. I hope this episode gave you the hug and kick in the pants that you need to grow. I know it did for me. This episode was so wonderful I and personally rewarding. So I enjoyed every minute of my conversation with Kendra. She was very warm and so authentic, which is always wonderful when you see someone in real life who you really admire and they're just even better than you thought they would be. Did you think of someone who needs this episode? I want you to let them know about it. You can text them, you can share it on social media. And if you do on social media, make sure you tag me so I can say thank you. And before I go into the progress pointers, I would highly recommend you get the Lazy Genius Way book that Kendra wrote. It's beautiful. We'll come, we'll have to have her come back when her next book is out in 2022, which seems way too far away. And her podcast is a jewel as well. It's called the Lazy Genius Podcast. All right, let's share the progress pointers from this episode. This is where I share the notes that I took so you don't have to. And if you want access to these progress pointers for free every single Thursday in my Go Getter newsletter, you can go to aboutprogress.com forward slash go getter and sign up and we'll give you a graphic of every interview's progress pointers. Number one, a big mistake we often make is that everything matters. With that setup, we'll alternate all or nothing extremes. Two, 
Being a lazy genius means you are genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. Three, perfectionists are good at holding people at arm's length to not be vulnerable and risk exposing their flaws to others, but that means they can't be fully known. Four, to learn what matters to you, pay attention to what is in alignment with who you are, from how you feel, the energy you get, and the fulfillment and aliveness you achieve from certain things. Five, being a lazy genius means we can accept and honor what matters to other people that might not matter to us. Six, selective laziness is not only okay, it's how you're able to make room to truly prioritize what matters to you. Seven, apply lazy genius principles as you learn to become one. Start small, ask the magic question, what can I do now to make life easier later? Batch it, decide once. Eight, remember, we are not robots. You are allowed to be a a complicated human. Be in tune with how your needs shift from day to day. Nine, shifting from external validation to internal self-chosen validation is difficult, but freeing in the long run. And 10, we will all likely find that relationships are what matter the most to ourselves and our relationships to others as well. Now, those principles she mentioned, there are many more, and you can find that in her book, The Lazy Genius Way. If you are wanting some help with habits this month, since we're talking about maximizing habits all April, especially because of when you think of the word maximizing, you think of doing all the things. First, go back to last week's introductory episode, and you'll hear more about my own formula to forming habits, as well as the process, which is one of our foundational principles in this About Progress community. And after you go and listen to that episode, get my freebie I have for you this month. It's called Sticky Habits for Progressors. And that's when I give you the formula to help you create your own habits and also give you tons of ideas on the habits that you can start with. I think it's a lot of fun and I'm really looking forward to having a post on Instagram soon where I ask you what uh, one then pairing you came up with for the small habits that you were going to work on. And that will make sense when you listen to the episode and look at the freebie as well. To get that freebie, go to aboutprogress.com forward slash habits to get yours. And again, another reminder for you, if this whole episode helped you see, how do I know what matters to me if I don't know who I am? Well, then you need to sign up for finding me. Go to aboutprogress.com forward slash finding me. I'm so grateful that we had the chance to have Kendra on the show. I really hope we can get her back. And I'm especially grateful for this community. I would not have known about her without you. I always love when you direct message me or you email me or you leave a rating interview. And also when you share with me some books I need to read or someone I need to follow or podcast to listen to. It means so much to me to know that I'm not the only person on this path of working on myself in ways that are sustainable and in alignment with who I am and who I want to be. I'm going to challenge you now to go and do something with what you learned today. And remember that life is about progress, not perfection. I go to my cupboard and I make make myself make my... Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.